Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into a Monday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch, talk some sports. Ailey is producing the broadcast today. It is the first day of SEC football media days. Greg Sankey, uh, the commish, is going to speak, oh, in about half an hour or so. We'll see if he has any pearls of wisdom to pass along today. I don't know what breaking news there will be out of Nashville. Generally speaking, there isn't much. But we'll see. Billy Napier speaks Wednesday. Today, if all goes right, Phil Steele will join us, bottom of the hour, to talk about uh, his predictions. His terrific magazine uh, is out, and uh, he'll be joining us today. I'm going to ask you this. As somebody who's been to Media Days, I don't know, probably 13, 14 times, over the course of you know time I've been here, uh, what do you want to get out of media days? I I just don't think there's going to be any <clears throat> you know great storylines here. We will see. I guess we'll know what the media predicts: who's going to be first team this or who's going to win divisions or all that. We'll we'll see. Also today. I don't know that I've ever done this. You know, a lot of times I'll say to you, give me the, you know, Mount Rushmore of this or the Mount Rushmore of that. If you take away the three Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, who would be your next three Gator quarterbacks in terms of, you know, ranking? How would you rank them? Who would be four, five, six? I have my thoughts. I want to get your thought, your thoughts on it. And by the way, a little trivia. Do you know the coach who has made the most appearances at SEC Football Media Days? Ready? Steve Spurrier. Think about it. His years at Florida, his years at South Carolina. So he has made, in total, the most appearances for any head coach at SEC Media Days. Nick Saban, I believe, is second. I believe I'm right in that. But the head ball coach has made the most. We are in the middle of July, and man, we are in about the dog days that you can get. We just are. So, I don't know. Oh, and by the way, if you're a baseball fan, which I hope some of you are, would you or would you not trade Otani? The Angels are not out of playoff contention, but they're a ways back in the wild card race. So, if you were the Angels with a deadline in two weeks, 
the trade deadline, would you trade him or not? And tell me why you would and why you wouldn't. So with that, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Your time. Your time. Again, take the Heisman Trophy winners away at Florida. Who is your next tier of quarterbacks? Two came to mind for me right away. The other one, eh, you know, maybe you. We have a little debate about it. But I want to get your thoughts on that. Rick says, Rex Grossman, Shane Matthews, Chris Leak. Daryl says, Shane Matthews, Chris Leak, Rex Grossman. Okay? I can't quibble with any of those. Bring to the phone Byron. Byron, hello. Hey, Steve. I call so early, Steve, because I love to listen to your show, but I do it with my earphones out in the yard working, and I can't sit down with this nice weather after the rain, but a great show. Steve, my first thing would be the SEC days, and I would be listening as a Gator fan for quarterbacks. You know, in our situation, the Frogs are. Uh, right now, I hope everyone is having quarterback problems, so I'll be real interested to see the other team's uh, you know, confidence and who's the quarterback. And uh, secondly, Steve, if you would just answer this real quick, you know, watching Saquon Quan Barkley with that uh, thing they put on you, he has no choice. But uh, what president have you ever seen a player like him that would hold out? I don't think he has a cha- choice to do go back and play. But I don't know if they're going to resign him like they did with Ingram. But uh, do you know of anybody holding out like that? And do you think that's his uh, option? Is he going to do that? It's an option. Certainly, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and they have to they have to have a deal uh, by four o'clock today. And Barkley right. isn't the only one uh, that's a you know pretty big name player. Um, yeah. But I can't think top of my head because usually it gets done. Usually they either put the franchise tag on you. It's on him. It's on him. Yeah. He, so I mean that's. Yeah. Right now, yeah, he basically has to come back and not play, right? Or he had to sit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Davin Cook is one of those great, uh, good running backs to start there. And last, Steve, this is another guy's opinion on the radio show because I don't know about the money, but he was mentioning that the Tom Brady's and the Mahomes win on these teams because when it's time for their salaries to get signed, they're not as greedy. And I commend him for that. And and he brought up Aaron Rodgers and why Green Bay struggled with him. I don't know that. But my point would be, Steve, real quick, do you think that's a fad and that's the way players better look at it or is that just something some players do? And thanks, then go get well, it. Well, hold on. What, I don't understand the question, Byron. He left. I don't understand the question he was asking. Um, but, no, if, if Barkley – I, I again I'm I don't I don't know NFL rules totally but if he doesn't come to a long-term deal or he's not tagged franchise tagged there's problems there's problems and uh you know I don't know um uh, Hopkins 
going with the Titans. That, that's a big deal for the Titans. They need help. And uh, if he's healthy, I think certainly, um, you know, he would help. Ingram to the Jags, three-year deal. That's pretty expensive, but he's a pretty good player, too. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Uh, Art says Shane Rex Kerwin Bell. Okay. Yeah. I think most people, and then George in his era says Shane Grossman and Kyle Trask. You could make an argument for Kyle Trask. The, the three that I thought of just top of my head in no order were Grossman, Shane, and Chris Leak. Those were my three. If you had to go another tier, right, Kerwin Bell, I think, would, would be in there. I think a quarterback that played here that doesn't get a lot of love is Wayne Peace. He was pretty good in his, in his years here. Mark says, last year when Napier spoke at Media Days, he referred to Georgia multiple times as the dogs. I wanted to throw up in my mouth after hearing a Gator coach say that. So, Coach Napier, if you're listening, please just either call him Georgia or the Bulldogs when speaking on Wednesday. I, I don't get that. Are, they are the dogs, aren't they? But, I, okay, I mean, what's the difference between the dogs and the Bulldogs? Am I making too much of that? PG, hello. Hey, man. Uh, I'd add Doug Johnson to that list, too. Yeah, he'd be another guy you could put in there. Yep. Yep. I like the Grossman and Shane uh, Leak. Those are all really good ones. Uh, Trying to think way back, Kerwin Bell was pretty good, too. Yeah, I mentioned Kerwin. I mentioned Wayne Peace, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, I wanted to go back. I didn't get a chance to call yesterday, but I, I heard the Tennessee talk on the sanctions. Um, and then I heard Vince Ferrara come on, and, and he, I mean, just reading between what he said or, you know, listen, listening to it, he, he thinks they got, they didn't get the bowl ban, so everything else is doable. Like, they were pretty fortunate in that regard. Um, but here's my question for you. you. You had mentioned that, you know, the prior, this regime wasn't there when these were, you know, when, when these violations occurred. Right. And I get that. But my, my problem with that is that, that doesn't have a deterrent effect. It's the school that did it. Because, you know, it, I, I just I feel like using I, – like I kind of see the point there, but, but, you, but you did it. And to, to scare other schools or, like I said, have that deterrence, in my opinion, I don't think that should come into the equation. Oh, I think it should. I definitely think it should. They, they would have to pay – well, they are paying for the sins of others. And I guess the question becomes, if you're going to hand down punishment, is, you know, how much do you lay on a group that had nothing to do with the violations? So I do think it comes into play. Now, we can certainly quibble about, you know, what, what should have been levied, what not. But I do think that should have come into play here because 
that staff has nothing to do with what happened. But the AD was there. Administration was there. So I feel like, I don't know, just my opinion, I I think that'll hurt going forward more than it it helps that group. I feel like you've got to take one there. You know, like, um, that's just just the way I feel. I just thought that was interesting. I usually agree with you, but on that one, I just – I don't, I don't see how schools are going to be worried, you know, which then you have the laws being broken. So it's like decriminalized almost, you know. So yeah, well, not, you're, you're not, those, those things that were handed down could have an effect, but obviously you don't want to have a bowl ban. You want to be able to, you know, have a, a, a carrot to dangle to your team if you do well, right? So, yeah. you know, I – it's, it's not an easy balancing act because you do have to punish the school for, you know, what happened. It's just like if I'm a CEO of a company and I, I do all these things wrong and I get fired and then a new CEO comes in and the Securities and Exchange Commission comes in and says, I'm going to hammer them. Well, okay. Then, yeah. but you're going to hand you're going to hand tie my company that I'm a head that I'm a heading. For, and I didn't even do anything. I, I agree with that, but but how about I? Like they knew this this regime, Hypo and them knew what they were in for. The players that committed there, they knew that it was under investigation. Sure, right? that's right. So they knew that was possible. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to agree to disagree because I, I look at the whole picture. And I just don't think that, that that really penalizes the program. I think the program, in my opinion, has to be penalized in order to keep others from doing it. So okay. that's it. All right. BG, thank you. Greg, get right to you. 1217. Time mm-hmm. check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN, 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Emma Pastis. The Tampa Bay Rays will take on the Texas Rangers tonight in Arlington as they look to hold on to their number one spot in the AL East. Catch the game here at 7.30 this evening. Also, day one of SEC Media Days begins today at the Grand Hyatt in Nashville. The events will take place through Thursday with Coach Billy Napier taking the stand on Wednesday. In soccer news, yesterday in California at SoFi Stadium, Mexico secured the Gold Cup title. They defeated Panama 1-0 in the tournament final, marking Mexico's ninth time taking home the title. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Emma Pastis. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Southeast Car Agency at 310 Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville has been owned and operated by the Cousins family for over 40 successful years. Think of that. That's a pretty good thing to be in business that long. It means a track record of success. It means a track record of customer service. It means a track record of giving you the best alternative you have to purchasing a new vehicle, the best in late model, low mileage vehicles. The selection is tremendous. They do their very best to bring you the widest possible selection of vehicles so you have a better choice of the car you want to purchase at the price point you want to purchase it at as well. You can go check them out online, too, secars.com. Information is there for you to peruse online. Go see them in person, Northeast 39th Avenue. Check them out. 
Test drive them. Sales staff there always ready to help. Remember, to go see them in person. Tell them Sports Scene sent you to Southeast Car Agency. Mike Lester believes a good financial advisor helps you map out a plan for each step of your retirement without taking a commission. Mike also happens to be the founder of Talon Wealth and is on a mission to help those near and in retirement protect and grow their nest egg. And he's ready to prove it with a Talon Satisfaction Guarantee. It's pretty simple for any new client that hires Talon to actively manage their portfolio. If you aren't satisfied after one year, for any reason, Talon will refund 100% of your advisor fees. Yep, that's right. For any new client that hires Talon to actively manage their portfolio, if you aren't satisfied after one year, for any reason at all, Talon will refund 100% of your advisor fees. Call 352-751-3200 to learn more about Talon's satisfaction guarantee. That's 352-751-3200 or visit guardingyournesteg.com. Advisory services through Talon Private Wealth and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Florida License D056341. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Mary on Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today and learn more with Mary on Demand. Take the self-guided education series at your own pace. You'll decide what you'd like to learn and when. Visit mary.famu.edu to learn more. That's m-m-e-r-i.f-a-m-u.edu. Mary, educate, learn, talk. Ah, the good life. You deserve it. The pros at Electronics World can help you enjoy the good life at home in comfort with premium video and audio components from the best in the business. Sony, Yamaha, Marantz, Bryston, Rotel, Bowers & Wilkins, Kef, Martin Logan, and more. Whether it's a two-channel stereo system, outdoor entertainment, or a home theater room with surround sound, EW has what you need to enjoy the good life. Visit our showroom in Gainesville or online at electronicsworld.net. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM, WRUF. We hope to have Phil Steele with us here in about 10 minutes. In the meantime, we'll take some calls, emails. Greg starts us. Hi, Greg. Hey, Steve. As usual, thanks for all you do with the dog days of summer. It helps the time go by. You know, this, my favorite three, and, and I would say in this order, but it was definitely Rex. I felt like that. He got snubbed of a Heisman Trophy. It, it belonged to him. I think a lineman from Ohio State or somebody got it that year. I can't remember. but And then I would go with Shane at number two. And then number three, I'd go with Kerwin because I was old enough to remember when he went into the old Orange Bowl there and beat Miami in 85. So those are my top three. And, Steve, if I had um, – I mean, if I, if I had to pick the, what this season could be, because I think most fans are going to say, yes, it's only fair to give Coach Napier a zero for last year, and then this would be year one, and you know, et cetera. But having said that – do you think Florida could possibly go the worst case scenario and the best case? In other words, could they go six and six again this year? And most likely, like I've heard Shane, I've heard you say maybe eight and four. My goal is eight and four, but just what you think the the lowest record that could be and then the best record could be for this team from what we know in the middle of July, and I'll listen off air and go Gators. Okay, Greg, thanks. Oh boy. Um I mean if you're talking worst 
possible scenario. I mean, Florida lost to Vanderbilt last year. Did anybody think Florida was going to lose to Vanderbilt last year? If you did, raise your hand. Yeah, I don't see many. So I think realistically, five wins would be the worst. I think nine wins would be the ceiling. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Uh, great show, man, man. Um, appreciate talking with you. Uh, you know, a few things. Um, y- you-, you mentioned uh, top three quarterbacks. I would definitely say uh, Danny Warfel. No, no, no. I said, I said don't. I said exclude the Heisman winners. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. I just caught on to the show here. All right. So, uh, so I'd go uh, Chris Leak, Rex Grossman, and Shane Matthews for sure. That's what most people uh, have said. Yep. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing about Tennessee uh, infractions that were handed down. Um, people are forgetting that Jeremy Pruitt had a $12 million buyout, and they fired him for his infractions. So the NCAA finally raises their hand and shakes their fist and says, okay, $8 million, $4 million for each year. You're probably going to be in a bowl. Probably, maybe not. Who knows? Um, so that's a $4 million offset for the, for that uh, administration and athletic director, as one of your previous callers talked about. Now, I agree at the same time, right? Like, I, I appreciate that they're not handing down infractions to these guys that had nothing to do with it. Were they aware? Yes, but it, I, I agree with that. So it's kind of fifty-fifty. I, I think they're straddling the fence, which is usual for NCAA. What say you? Yeah, it is, and and I think it is. Uh, I'll use your term. You you are straddling the fence a little bit. I mean, they they whacked Jeremy Pruitt. He's got a six-year show cause order. Six years. That's a lot. So obviously, they pinpointed where the problem was, which was him and some of his assistant coaches. Now, the university then gets probation. They vacate wins, which, again, are not going to have those wins on their record, and scholarship reductions, and that's just, that's just some of it. So, you know, I don't think it's ever totally fair uh, one way or the other. They're on probation for five years. Uh, you mentioned the fine, which I think is $8 million. Um, so, you know, they didn't get off light, but certainly not giving, uh, not having a bowl ban helps. And I'll say this, I don't remember, and maybe somebody can point this out to me, Adam, where the NCAA has levied a fine of that magnitude. I just can't remember that. Okay, but is it, it, it still offsets. You know, and as far as what happened to Jeremy Pruitt, I mean, who cares? I mean, you're handed out bags of money in McDonald's bags. Like, that's ridiculous. And, but, you know, like, it's still an offset of $4 million that's, that's, that goes right back into the kitty for that administration and the athletic director that allowed this to happen. Well, the athletic director doesn't allow anything to happen, but I get your point. Because he, you know, that person is, you know, in charge of the program and ultimately, you know, takes responsibility, you know, for what happened. But once again, it goes into who knew what and judging by what, you know, my friend told me who was here the other day, uh, Vince Ferraro from the Sports Animal, who's up there, who kind of delved into this on Friday. 
They are going to lose 28, I think it is, scholarships over five years. Uh, yep. That, you know, does affect them a little bit. So, you know, hard to say. Yeah, I, yeah you're right. Those are scholarships, uh, those scholarship losses do affect them in, 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 in the future, without a doubt. As far as the Gators go uh, this year, um, we got to remember from last year, and I don't put too much weight on the year prior, especially considering it was Billy Napier's transition class. He's having a full school uh, recruiting season, basically, to put together his class, and he's always been successful with the guys that he's brought in. Well, not, I say always. He's been successful so far with the guys that he's brought in, which spells – good for florida i mean we went six and seven last year forget about oregon state at least i do but the kentucky game and the vanderbilt game were ridiculous i mean in essence we should have been more like eight and four i think eight and four is that's that's the that's the base right there go okay. gators thanks all right me. thank you adam 1228 time check brought to you by hayes jillery espn 981 fm 850 a.m wruf this is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Oh yeah, you can feel it, the hot Florida summer's upon us. And where do you feel it the worst? Well, in your vehicle, of course, unless you can reach over and dial in an icy blast of AC. If the air conditioning in your car isn't keeping you cool, take a ride and visit my friends at Dave Mays Automotive. And of course, AC isn't all they do. They can take care of your whole car, from brakes, tires, even engines and transmission work. And my favorite part is their honesty and work ethic. After all, there's a reason they've been in business since 1975. Take it from me, Steve Russell, there's no place else I trust my vehicle to. Located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. They gave me a new mouth. <laughs> I'm stunned at how much more confidence that I have now because I have a real mouth that, um, that I don't have to cover. My dentist for the past 30 years, I feel like he got to a place where he wasn't sure what to do with me here. The biggest deal was they gave me an overall plan. This is where we're headed. This is what we're going to do and then work through that plan. It is a place where you can come, enjoy your time here, have pretty dramatic work done, pain-free, and then be very pleased with the results. And you leave with friends. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. The Social at Midtown is Gainesville's favorite restaurant and rooftop bar and is located right across from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The Social has 60 huge flat screen TVs, so you won't miss one second of the action. And every night, they have different specials. But you don't need to wait for nighttime to head to The Social. They open for lunch at 11 o'clock. Check out their delicious menu at thesocialgnv.com and follow them on social media to see the latest specials. Come get Social at The Social at Midtown. 
Nothing's better than taking to Florida's waterways with family and friends. But some boat operators don't realize that bow riding is extremely dangerous. It can lead to tragic accidents if someone falls overboard because of speed or direction changes. Be sure your passengers sit only in manufacturer-designated areas while underway. Their safety is your responsibility. Safe boating is no accident. To learn more, visit the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission at myfwc.com. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Clouds and sun into the afternoon. Highs in the low 90s. Feels like temperatures in the lower 100s. Isolated early to mid-afternoon thunderstorms. A second batch of storms is expected to develop during the evening along the I-10 corridor. That batch should push southward through Alachua and Marion counties during the mid to late evening. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keep it on the down low here. Is the Dan Patrick Show. Why is it the Live Tour can get a TV deal and the Pac-12 <laughs> can't get a TV deal? Like, you got to be kidding me. The old school in me is like, you know, it's disappointing. Because, you know, I grew up in the, with the Big Ten. I don't want UCLA, USC there. I liked him in the Pac-12. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. This is Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays, and you're listening to Gainesville's only home for Rays baseball. ESPN 98 1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98 1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Well, with... SEC Media Day is going on now. My next guest, Phil Steele, coming on. You know that the college football season's not too far away. Always great to have Phil on. His 2023 magazine is out. Mr. Steele, it's good to have you, my friend. Welcome. Hey, appreciate that, Steve. How the heck are you, my friend? (laughs) I'm doing okay, Phil. Thank you for asking. Um, Look, obviously you're talking to a Gator audience here uh what do you see in year two for Billy Napier and this team get right to the chase here yeah I think when you look at Florida there'll be an improved team almost every second year coach I ever talked to talks about uh, the fact that uh, they now know the team the team knows them I like the way Napier is doing his recruiting and uh, I think overall talent wise that this team is making progress the two things I don't like about Florida this year Number one would be the experience level. I rate them number 109 in the country in that respect. And the second would be the schedule. I rate them number one in the country in that respect. Not only are they playing in the SEC, they draw LSU out of the West. And then non-conference opponents like Utah and Florida State both have the chance to to get in the top ten this year. That is a brutal schedule. Uh, When I looked at Florida originally, it was a little questionable about Graham Mertz, but uh, Coach Napier uh, convinced me that he's a good fit for the offense. And uh, he, he t- said he came up really high on his uh, cognitive score. Uh, so he's a smart quarterback, first in, first out, and he feels highly confident he's going to do well. I mentioned to Coach Napier, hey, the over-under win total on Florida is five and a half, and it seemed to make him happy. He likes the fact they're under the radar. He likes the fact folks, folks are doubting Mertz. They've got a dangerous uh, set of running backs. 
Offensive line is a little bit of a question mark with only one starter back, and defensively they do lose some, all four linebackers. But uh, overall, this is a Gator team capable of contending for a bowl. I'm still looking for like a second rebuilding type of season, maybe about the same level of last year, uh, with, especially with that schedule and level of inexperience. Phil, I respect your opinion. What were your concerns about Mertz? Uh, the fact, my main concern, uh, two concerns. Number one, we all saw his first game that he played against Illinois uh, and how great he did and how he looked like a first-round draft pick. After that, there was levels of inconsistency, some interception problems, uh, things like that. The second would be, when I look at a Billy Napier offense, I generally like to see a mobile quarterback in there, someone that's a dual threat. I would not put Graham Mertz in that category. Now, he is mobile enough to run the football when needed, but he's not exactly a dual threat quarterback. So those were my two main concerns coming in. You know, you look at the SEC as a whole, and it's very difficult. I don't care, Georgia, name the school, very difficult to, to three-peat. But in the SEC, which team do you think makes the biggest improvement? Which team, if there is a drop, drops the most, if you will? Well, I'm I'm clear with who I think is going to make the biggest improvement this year, and that's Texas A&M. A&M's coming off a 5-7 and seven season, didn't even make a bowl game last year. I think they're going to be a contender in the West. And part of that is the fact that last year they were number 124 on my experience chart, one of the least experienced teams in the country. In fact, last year when I was going over the team with Coach Jimbo Fisher, uh, he would wrap up a, a position like the offensive line. He would say, Phil, I feel we're going to have the best, one of the best offensive lines in the country next year. He wasn't talking about 2022. He's talking about 2023. Now this year, they've got 10 starters back on offense, 10 on defense. They're all the way up to number 14 on my experience chart. And even in last year's miserable season where they lost their top wide receiver, Anaya Smith, in week four, where they had to use three different starting quarterbacks and waffled through a five and seven season. Guess what? They beat LSU 38-23, to and they're at Alabama's two-yard line on the road with a chance to win the game on the final play, down by four points, thrown in the end zone with that opportunity. So even last year they showed they could play with the big boys. Now they are an experienced big boy. Tons of great recruits for Jimbo Fisher. Bobby Petrino comes in for the offense. Uh, which I think is going to be a plus as well, plus the overall talent level that they have and experience level. I think A&M's a legitimate contender in the West this year and make the biggest jump. As far as the team maybe headed down for a year, I'm looking at Mississippi State, uh, and it, part of it is the schedule. It is difficult, uh, especially playing in the uh, the West as they do, and they draw some tough teams out of the East. But also the the change. Uh, you know, they've they've been a pure passing offense. They're switching to more of a run game this year, which I think will be solid in the future. But uh, how will Will Rogers adapt to this new offense would be a question mark. Overall, experience-wise, they take a step back from last year. They were extremely experienced last year. And nine wins, I don't think they're going to achieve. In fact, I think they're fighting for a bowl game at the end of the year. Hmm. Phil Steele, our guest here, his magazine is out, and he will tell you in just a little bit where you can pick it up. I always do. It's a if you need information or facts, it's loaded with it every year. Um, nationally, Phil, give me a couple of teams that you really like. Uh, as far as surprise teams, or no, overall, just overall strongest teams. Yep, strongest teams. Yeah. 
Strongest teams, naturally, uh, you know, picking for my my uh, playoffs this year, I'm going to go with Georgia, Steve. I know I'm stepping out on a limb there. Huh? <laughs> right. uh, Georgia, I, I think, has a great shot at being the first team to three-peat as a national champ since wow. the 1930s when Minnesota did that. It's been a long, long time. Uh, Alabama, never discount Nick Saban. Now, Saban's only won one national title, won preseason number one. That's where he's been the last two years, and the seasons. I mean, last year they had a horrific year. They went eleven and two, <laughs> finished number five in the country. Uh, they had the three point loss to Tennessee and the one point loss to LSU. Uh, you have to wonder what's going on there. But now they're back in the level where he does his best. And the last time they weren't preseason number one was two thousand and twenty. They came in number three, won the national title. Yes, they're inexperienced. Yes, we don't know who their quarterback is going to be, but uh, Alabama will be there at the end of the year. I think Michigan comes out of the Big Ten. Uh, All three teams are close. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Michigan's got the best schedule. It's Jim Harbaugh's best team. They get Ohio State at home. I've got Michigan making the playoff. And then I did go out of the box a little bit with the next one because I don't think they're going to even be the preseason pick to win the ACC. And they're probably uh, just going to be a borderline top ten team end of the year. But that's Clemson. And when I went over the team with Coach Sweeney, you know, he told me something interesting about the defensive line. You remember 2018, they had that loaded defensive line, all those first-round draft picks. He said this group doesn't have the star power of 2018, but the group is actually deeper in talent and experience than that 2018 group. I have my number one rated defensive line with Clemson. Carter and Trotter back at linebacker. I like Kate Klubnick at QB. They've got Shipley and Moffat at running back, an improved offensive line and receiving core. And then their toughest two games this year, Steve, are against uh, Notre Dame and Florida State. Both of them are in Death Valley, and in the last six years, they've lost one game at home. They've only lost two home games the last nine years. So getting those two games at home, I've got them running the table and making the playoff this year. Um, outside of uh, you know the top ten or whatever, Phil, uh, give fans who are listening a couple of teams that could make some noise outside that group if things you know, sort of went right. I'll give you an example. I know you have USC ranked very high. The Pac-12 has a lot of good teams, including that Utah team you mentioned. But are there a couple of teams that you could fit in, in, in that category? Yeah, and I'll, I'll go outside the top ten. I do think the Pac-12 is so loaded this year <laughs> that might cannibalize themselves. Yeah. I do believe USC has a chance of making a playoff. Um one team, uh, and once again, outside the top ten, I think Notre Dame has a chance of making a playoff this year. They're in the top ten. But I'm going to go with Wisconsin out of the Big Ten, and, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I was a little concerned uh, that they're switching from uh, the run-based attack they've had all these years to uh, Phil Longo's pass-based offense. But talking to Coach Fickle, he calmed me down a little bit, said they're not going <laughs> to abandon the run. As you remember, they, they run the ball well at Cincinnati. And he said that the, going to the pass offense with Tanner Mordecai coming in from SMU, probably going to open up holes, uh, more running space for Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. I can buy into that. And then defensively last year, they only had three starters back. This year they have eight. I love their schedule. Their road games are against Washington State, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, all in the winnable category. Toughest two games, Ohio State and Iowa are both at home. They get Ohio State the week after the Buckeyes play Penn State. So to me, it's a really good situation. They're going to be in nobody's top 10th at the start of the year, maybe nobody's top 20. They were only 7-6 last year. But I give them a shot of making a playoff. And then another team with a shot of making a playoff, uh, that was just six and seven last year, 
but it is a familiar name. It is Oklahoma. And when I talk to Coach Venables, uh, one thing he's determined is to improve that defense. They gave up a, re- a remarkable, in my mind, 461 yards per game last year. That's not Brent Venables' D, but he has a very complex D, and he threw the whole thing at them last year. This year, it's their second year in the defense. He went out and brought in a ton of quality transfers, like Jacob Lacey from Notre Dame, Rondell Boythright from Wake Forest, Dason McCullough from Indiana, Reggie Pearson from Texas Tech, etc. I think they will have a vastly improved defense. They get their quarterback back from last year in Dylan Gabriel, and then the schedule sets up well. In fact, they avoid some of the Big 12's big boys this year. Uh, and you look at their uh, in Vegas right now, they are actually favored in 11 of their 12 games mm. that they're playing this year. So it wouldn't surprise me if Oklahoma somehow goes from 6-7 and seven to making the playoff and keep in mind, Bob Stoops' second year there, they made the playoff and won the national championship. Wow. Last thing for you, Phil. I want to go end with Florida here. Um, one of the reasons, obviously, a coach comes in uh, to replace another, a myriad of reasons. Uh, last year's defense was really bad, as with the defense the year before. As you look at this Florida roster and you evaluate what you think their record would be, Do you see the talent being a little better? Do you see it about the same, worse? Overall, how do you look at the talent on this roster? Uh, I think Napier's doing a better job recruiting. I believe the talent level has risen. Not sure in your first year as a recruiter, you're coming into a tough situation, having to land players just as you were hired. But I saw the improvement in the recruiting last year. I see the improvement in what looks to be for the next year. So I think the talent level will continue to rise. The one thing I'll preach to the, uh, the Florida fans this year with the experience level as well as the uh, schedule that they play is uh, look at Mike Norvell at Florida State. His first season went three and six. Second season went five and seven. Then all of a sudden last year they're ten and three, and arguably the most talented team in the ACC. Or they they outgained opponents by 165 yards per game. And this year in year four, Mark Novell is going to have a top six team heading into the year and the preseason favorite to win the ACC. I could see a similar sort of climb for Billy Napier's group as he continues to add talent. Okay, Gator fans would love to hear about that. All right, Phil, where can people get your magazine? Yeah, I appreciate that, Steve. You know, it's different than in past years. In past years, we were available everywhere, Walmarts, Kroger's, places like that. This year, exclusively two places, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. So don't drive around looking at the other places. They won't be there. Only Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. Or you can go online and get it uh, at philsteel.com. That's S-T-E-E-L-E.com. When you go to philsteel.com, we do charge you a shipping charge. It naturally costs to ship things. But we give you the digital version for free. And the digital version is updated all the way through September. As an example, if you go to the digital version right now and look at Northwestern's head coach, it says David Braun. It doesn't say Pat Fitzgerald. Uh-huh. So that's one of the advantages of the digital version today. You get both the hard copy and the digital when you go to philsteel.com. So Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or philsteel.com. Always appreciate you, sir, and thanks for taking time. Hey, Steve, I enjoy our annual chats each year. Pleasure talking football with you, my friend. You got friend. it, Phil. Yep, thank you. Phil Steele joining us here. Good dude, too. Uh, and I'm telling you, if you've never gotten this magazine, I look, I, I don't get paid to endorse it, but it's just it has so many facts, figures, numbers. It's really good. 1246 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports.
Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Emma Pastis. Day one of SEC Media Day begins today at the Grand Hyatt in Nashville. The events will take place through Thursday, with Gators coach Billy Napier taking the stand on Wednesday. Also, the Tampa Bay Rays will take on the Texas Rangers tonight in Arlington as they look to hold on to their number one spot in the AL East. Catch the game here at 7.30 this evening. In soccer news, yesterday in California at SoFi Stadium, Mexico secured the Gold Cup title. They defeated Panama 1-0 in the tournament final, marking Mexico's ninth time taking home the title. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Emma Pastis. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. In Palatka, the Road Heaver Boys Ranch is there. It's been doing great work helping at-risk young boys who come from difficult backgrounds get their lives back together, and they make them earn it. You are part of that. If you have an unused or unwanted vehicle of any kind, please consider a donation to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. And with those vehicles, these kids fix them up, they resell them. They learn real-life skills. So if you have an unwanted or unused vehicle of any kind, please consider a donation to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. Your donations are tax-deductible, and it helps a really good cause. Friends, I'm telling you, this it, it's, it, they've been there for a while, and it really has helped turn lives around. To find out more, Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org. Business owners, was your company impacted during COVID? If you had W-2 employees during 2020 and 2021, you may be entitled for up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit Program. This is not a loan. The IRS paid back billions already. We've helped thousands of businesses just like yours, so let us help you. At ERC Business Solutions, we make it simple. We do it all for you, so you won't have to worry about the complex application process. There's absolutely no risk. If you don't get paid, we don't get paid. Most businesses do qualify, even those with no decline in revenues or those that already got PPP. Discover how much you can claim. There's no cost or obligation. Call now, 888-316-1372. That's 888-316-1372. Get up to $26,000 per employee. Call 888-316-1372. Bush Auto Repair and Gator Transmission is Gainesville's no-hassle, no-overcharge auto repair shop. Now looking for qualified auto mechanics to join their growing team. If you're a self-motivated worker with an attitude for excellence, Bush Auto Repair is looking for you. Enjoy competitive pay and a family working environment where they've been keeping cars on the road since 1954. Call 352-372-0372. That's 372-0372 now or at chuckbushautorepair.com. I just learned Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned, doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant, doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard, that's also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. No, Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though, see the terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. When an intruder threatens your home, every second counts. 
That's why Simply Safe is launching 24-7 live guard protection. With a fast protect monitoring plan, if an intruder breaks into your home, Simply Safe monitoring agents can actually see it and speak to and deter them through the camera. It's a game changer in home security. And right now get 20% off any Simply Safe system when you sign up for fast protect monitoring. Visit simplysafedan.com. That's simplysafedan.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Coming in August, Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. Right here on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Right here on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. All right, as you call in today, if you take away the Heisman Trophy winners, what would be your next tier of Gator quarterbacks, the next three? We'll do that. Uh, Greg Sankey is speaking at SEC Media Days. Ailey, do we have that? Well, we can get him? Okay, all right. Because we're going to try to get you um, a little bit of his State of the SEC address uh, I don't know that you know anything uh, you know earth shaking will come out of this, um, but because uh, just as I'm watching it now, uh, they've got some graphics up. He's talking about some other things. Peyton says, "Am I wrong? Or was there a quarterback in the mid 2000s <clears throat> between Grossman and Leak named Ingle Martin? Sure, there was. Do you see an all Florida World Series happening this year? No, I do not." Um, I think the Rays have a better chance than the Marlins do and give the Marlins a lot of credit. They've had a nice year. I don't see them as a World Series team, however. Um, this is interesting. If you look at um, the, the team <clears throat> in football that travels the most miles this year, bookies.com looked into this. And, huh, believe it or not, good old Florida travels the most. 8,352 linear travel miles. You know who the least is? I'm going to throw that out there. I want to see if you can guess. What's the team that has the least travel? See if you can guess. Call me up. Text or uh, email. I always said text me. Email me. Uh, what team has the the least linear travel miles this year? Florida has the most at eight thousand three hundred fifty-two. The amount that's the least is one thousand seven hundred forty-one. Think of that. That's like four or five times difference. Auburn is number two. I'll leave it at that. So, again, call us up <clears throat> and talk a little sports here, 3928255. One of the things I've been trying to do as well is to get you to hear from former Gator coaches who are coaching elsewhere now as head coaches in college football. Remember Stan Drayton coached here? He's now coaching at Temple. He'll be with us later in the week. That'll be fun. 
Richard, hello. Steve, let me, uh, you know, I totally agree with Rex Grossman and Kerwin, but let me let me put a vote in for Bob Huco. There was a guy, he had a lot of talent, he showed brilliance, but he was often injured, but he was like a Ken Stabler snake lefty, and he was fun to watch. I, I really thought highly of him. You know the guy that does not get any love is John Reeves. Think yeah, of that. that's true. He, he set a lot of records. John Reeves. Way back. Way and he back. was a first-round draft. Now, he wasn't great in the NFL, but he was a first-round draft choice. And you never hear his name among even the top, like today, right? It was, and I get the Heisman winners. And then, you know, it's hard to argue with Shane and Rexy uh, and Chris Lee because of the, the yards they threw for. But my gosh, you know, Reeves certainly, in my view, belongs – you know, somewhere close in there, but you never hear his name. You know, going back to Bob Huco, there was a game up in Tallahassee, and we were down 10-zip, and he had bad knees, and he ran in a short seven-yard scamper. I mean, and we won the game 13-7 or something. It was during Pell's years. But that Huco, he was he was fun to watch, a lefty, like, stabler, the snake type of look. And unfortunately, the guy really had bad, bad wheels. So uh, anyway, let me put a vote in for him. Okay. All right. Appreciate you, Richard. Thank you for your call. Uh, yeah. And his real name, uh, Robert Todd Huco. And uh, it's hard to believe. I mean, he and I are just about the same age. And he's also a really funny dude. Huco is really funny. Um, he quarterbacked, started three games in 1980. As well, played here when Wayne Peace was here, uh, and Wayne certainly was very good in his four years as well. But a lot of those guys just don't get a lot of love because you know they didn't win a Heisman or anything like that. But certainly Rexy uh, is right there too. Uh, John, hello. Uh, yeah, hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, so yeah, I just thought the the quarterback situation probably the guys that are most recent or more recent stand out in people's minds. Um, but I just wanted to say for the team that tries the least, my guess is Georgia. Georgia's right. Georgia's right. Thank you. They, are, they travel the least. Like I said, 1,700 miles. John said the obvious answer is Alabama. Nope. Nope. Um, John and St. Augustine said that. Again, this is SEC schools I'm talking about, not because he mentioned Miami. I'm just talking about SEC schools. The order, in uh, <clears throat> reverse order, I guess, Florida travels the most, 8,352. Auburn, 7,800. Vandy, 6,300. You know who the, the, the next least travel school is? Ole Miss, just 2,000. 200. Bama is at 3,185 just ahead of Tennessee. Just whatever that's worth. Because again, Florida has to go to Utah this year. That factors into that. But it is kind of interesting to see where that lies. Uh, Andrew said it was Missouri. Nope. And he said Rex Grossman was robbed of his Heisman. That was the year that the dude from Nebraska wanted, I, I think. Somebody can correct me, but 
but I'm almost positive that was it. And yes, um, in Nebraska was really good that year, but the numbers paled in comparison. And uh, I do think, you know, whether again, forget that Rex Grossman played here, whatever, but you could certainly make the case uh, for him to have won the Heisman that year. No question uh, about it. But he didn't. And I got to tell you, I have tried to get him on here uh, two or three times and uh, just 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 can't get a hold of him. Um, that was, I think it was Eric Crouch, wasn't it? In 2001 or two that got in the way of Rexy? Pretty sure of that. That's our first hour. Our thanks to Phil Steele for joining us here talking about his predictions. You heard him talk about Florida. Hour two coming up. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAUF. Gainesville, U251CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hey, it's Steve Russell talking about the delicious food at Dick Bondell's Burgers and Fries. It's key lime shake season. If you've never had their hand-spun artisan dairy shake, you're missing out. Try the herb chicken burger, the house-made veggie burger, and my favorite, Florida-raised beef, the original Big Dick with hot fries. Walk up, drive through, or order ahead at DickMondells.com. Open seven days a week at Southwest 4th Avenue and 5th Street. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries, worthwhile, wholesome, fast food. Visit online at DickMondells.com. Have you lost Florida Medicaid? At HealthCare.gov, you can find a low-cost, quality health plan. Do plans cover doctor visits? What about emergency care? And prescriptions? All covered and more. Plus, with the new law, four out of five customers can find a plan for $10 or less per month with financial help. HealthCare.gov is here for you. Enroll today for coverage starting the first of next month. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. New sneakers. Fresh backpack. Three spiral-bound notebooks. Check, check, check. And the feeling of knowing you're ready to take on the challenge. I got this. Now that's empowering. Let Radiant Credit Union empower you with 5,000 bonus points when you spend $100 during the first 45 days of opening a credit card with us. But hurry, this offer ends August 31st. Visit radiantcu.org empowering to get started. Federally insured by NCUA. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing. Together millions of things for our planet. Summer means hotter days. Avoid using heat-generating appliances like stoves and dishwashers during the day. Use them during off-peak hours in the evening to minimize the effects of heat and save on electric costs. Late evening and early morning is also the best time to water plants and lawns, as water is less prone to evaporation. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a hundred things, a thousand things, a million things for our planet. What's your one thing?
Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Monday. Ailey is our producer today. Thanks for making time. Have your busy day to join us. First day of SEC Football Media Days, Greg Sankey. The SEC commissioner is speaking now. Billy Napier will be up Wednesday. Among the things we have talked about today, uh, if you took the Heisman Trophy winners out, who would you have as your next tier of Gator quarterbacks? The overwhelming sentiment has been, in some order, uh, Rex Grossman uh, and... Chris Leak and Shane Matthews in some kind of order. And then we'll probably do that for the other positions as well because we're in summertime mode here, friends. Let's just face it. That's what, what, it's, what it is. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Peyton says uh, Grossman lost to Jason White. No, he didn't. He lost to Eric Crouch. He lost to Eric Crouch in 2001. Um, And he said Jason White Heisman 2003. Grossman didn't play college football in 2003. Um, You can double-check me, but I'm 99% sure of that. Williams says, got to agree with one of your other callers and disagree with you. Shocking. Tennessee got off very easy. They were likely going to be going to fire Pruitt for his lackluster performance on the field. So easily, $4 million to the good on that. No postseason ban and the bulk of the scholarship reductions have already been done through self-imposed sanctions. This was a big one for Tennessee, just about every way imaginable, considering the level of violations and the volume of them. Yes, I don't disagree. It was big for Tennessee. My only point in this, I'm not saying Tennessee didn't, didn't, wasn't fortunate in what was handed down. My point in this is the reason for it. I think they did not want to punish a regime that had nothing to do with it. And if you read the statement that the NCA made, and I'm no fan of theirs, believe me, but they said this was because of Tennessee's, and this is the word they used, exemplary cooperation. It saved them from, you know, further punishment. So... Yeah, they. I agree with you, William, that you know it could have been a lot worse. Yes, I'm just giving you the reasoning. I think of what the NCA did. One, Tennessee's cooperation. Two, they already self-imposed some things. And three, this was not anything that Heupel and his group had done. Uh, all right. Let's get uh, a couple of more emails here. Rich says, all right, I'll start the, this is interesting. He says, I'll start the conversation. Who would you say uh, outside of Emmett Smith would be the top three Gator running backs of all time? Well, Emmett, let's, again, I, I agree, take him out of it. He's who he is. I have a pretty unique top three, 
But I'll I'll bite on that. I'll throw that out because I think we've done the quarterbacks. And I think most people agree on who the top three other quarterbacks are. Running backs, though, I'm, I'm interested if you bite on this to see if one particular person is mentioned. We'll see. 3928255. Email srussell at wruf.com. Uh, Chuck says, How much did I always enjoy Phil Steele? Uh, how much of what he said do you agree with? Well, if you heard him talk about his concern with Graham Mertz, and then he said, I talked to Billy Napier, and he kind of alleviated some of my concerns. Okay. We'll see. That's the, the great thing. I will say this. Would you agree with me that Florida's some of Florida's best players last year were people Napier brought, Napier recruited? That gives me hope. If I'm a Gator fan, that gives me hope that he not only recruited that talent, but has coached up that talent. Who? I mean, running backs, pretty good, right? Offensive linemen, pretty good. So that tells me with his talent that he's pretty good at that. Quarterbacks, Lucas says Shane, Leak, and Trask. Mike, for his running backs, he goes way back. Larry Dupree, Larry Smith, Ernest Graham. Those aren't the names I was thinking. Um, and I guess if I really, I'm, I always do this top of my head. Rick says Percy Harvin, but he's not really a back. Fred Taylor, Eric Rett. Julie says Neil Anderson, Eric Rett, John L. Williams. Eric Rett was the name that I thought some of you would not say he's Florida's all-time leading rusher. I mean, he's got to be there. And I would put Neil Anderson there, and there is a personal bias there for me too. Um, but it would probably be Neil, Fred Taylor, Eric Rett. John L. Williams would be close. And if you go back and look at some of the other running backs here, you can make a case for some of them. Steven says, Neil Anderson, John L. Williams, Eric Rett. George, John L. Williams, Lorenzo Hampton. He was a first-round draft choice. Neil Anderson, all in the same backfield. That, that right there, George, may never be equaled. Think of that. All three of those dudes here about the same time, all number one, or first round, should I say, uh, draft choices. That's pretty good. And once again, 
I go back to the talent that was on those 84 and 85 teams. Remarkable. Remarkable. I get it. You know, what happened, I get it. But if you look at the roster from 1984, you're going to see a lot of NFL talent. Neil Anderson, Kerwin Bell, Lomas Brown, Lorenzo Hampton, Crawford Kerr, Ricky Natile, Frankie Neal. I can go on. John L. Williams, Jeff Zimmerman. I mean, just Alonzo Johnson, Patrick Miller, Alonzo Mitz, Tim Newton. Uh, I think Jarvis Williams was there. Adrian White. Those guys all played in the NFL on one team. One team. That's, think about that. And I'm probably missing some. That was on one team. That's the talent Florida had on that team. And again, I'm sure, you know, I believe, wasn't Rod Brewer on that team? And he played baseball professionally. So that just goes to show you what was there. 3928255, email srussell at wruf.com. Andrew says, Seatric Faison needs a mention. Yeah, well, he NFL guy. It's, it's hard when you limit it to three. Very hard. But that's what they do that for. There's only four presidents on Mount Rushmore, right? They don't have ten. Let's get a call from Rick. Rick, hi. Hey, Steve. Uh, just chiming in, uh, I, I agree on the John Reeves. He was uh, the first... Uh, what I'd call old timer that I thought of. He, he went on. I know he his career, you know, with the Gators kind of went down after the sophomore year, but uh, I, I remember watching him with the Bandits with uh, Coach Spurrier, and uh, he did terrific there. I thought, and uh, uh, really, really always liked that guy, even though he had a tough time. Another one I wanted to throw out there was. Uh, uh, the quarterback in the best game that I remember watching in person, which was uh, Don Gaffney in the 73 Auburn game up at Auburn. It was the first time we beat him up there. Um, that's always been my favorite game that I attended. And uh, I just, uh, you bringing up old quarterbacks uh, reminded me of uh, Don Gaffney. Well, I can relate because I was in school here then. Uh, and got to know Don later in life and been on this show several times. I think people don't remember he was the first African-American to play quarterback here. Yes. And, you know, I I was not here when Doug Dickey came to Florida. But I learned a lot when Florida had, uh, had celebrated 100 years of Gator football I did a series on that that ran here, and I interviewed I don't know how many people, and it was sure fun for me because I got to interview people like Lindy and Fonny and you know Gaffney yeah. and you know 
David Bowden yeah. and people like that. Um, yeah. They were going to fire Dickey in my first year here. And then they put Gaffney in and, you know, they ended the season and got to a bowl game. And it, at least it kept Dickey here for a little while longer. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great game. Uh, uh, <laughs> funny, funny story. I won't keep you too long because I know you got plenty of calls. But uh, we we came back. Uh, I happened to uh, uh, fly up to the game. Uh, my dad was a pilot, and uh, we we left in a in a small private plane that was at the uh, fixed base uh, uh, operation out at Gainesville Airport, and uh, and that's where the uh, that's where the the team plane used to be uh, stationed. It was on that north side of the, of the Gator Airport or the Gainesville Airport. Anyway, we came, we we came back. I got out of this little plane, and there was this crowd of people there cheering because <laughs> we had won the game. And uh, I think they thought we were part of the part of the team uh, <laughs> group that had gone up there or something. But there must have been like a thousand people out at the airport after that game. Uh, later in the day but anyway i always remember that game it's my favorite uh, game all time and uh, anyway thanks for bringing this up steve okay rick thank you for your call if you i'm gonna say this and i don't mean it the way it's gonna sound there's a very special place for me as as there is you know steve spurrier will forever be remembered and should be for making Gator football what it is now. No no question. But I have a soft spot for, like when Steve played with Ray Graves here, because I just, you know, if you don't remember wait till next year, if you don't remember... You know, going that going to a bowl game was a big deal then. It's you know, it's it gets lost sometimes in history. Those eighty four and eighty five teams get buried in history, and my God, what talent on those teams. It's just a shame sometimes. One sixteen time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, ninety eight one FM, A fifty AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending. Good afternoon. I'm Emma Pastis. The Tampa Bay Rays will take on the Texas Rangers tonight in Arlington as they look to hold on to their number one spot in the AL East. Catch the game here at 7.30 this evening. In soccer news, yesterday in California at SoFi Stadium, Mexico secured the Gold Cup title. They defeated Panama 1-0 in the tournament final, marking Mexico's ninth time taking home this title. Also, day one of SEC Media Day begins today at the Grand Hyatt in Nashville. The events will take place through Thursday, with Gators head coach Billy Napier taking the stand on Wednesday. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Emma Pastis. ESP.
ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hey, Bill, is that a new car? Nah, it's my same ride. I just got the dings taken out and repainted. I got it done at Mako in Gainesville. Wow, looks sharp. I thought it was a new car. Honestly, I was shocked at how good it looks. I'd recommend Mako of Gainesville to anyone. Give your car a brand new look. Take it to Mako in Gainesville. Excellent service and a fast turnaround on quality warranted work with 0% financing available. Visit MAACOGainesville.com or call 352-371-4251. Mako of Gainesville on Main Street. Attention business owners. Was your company impacted during COVID? If you had W-2 employees during 2020 and 2021, you may be entitled for up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit Program. This is not a loan. The IRS paid back billions already. We've helped thousands of businesses just like yours, so let us help you. At ERC Business Solutions, we make it simple. We do it all for you, so you won't have to worry about the complex application process. There's absolutely no risk. If you don't get paid, we don't get paid. Most businesses do qualify, even those with no decline in revenues or those that already got PPP. Discover how much you can claim. There's no cost or obligation. Call now, 888-316-1372. That's 888-316-1372. Get up to $26,000 per employee. Call 888-316-1372. 888-316-1372. Bush Auto Repair and Gator Transmission is Gainesville's no-hassle, no-overcharge auto repair shop. Now looking for qualified auto mechanics to join their growing team. If you're a self-motivated worker with an attitude for excellence, Bush Auto Repair is looking for you. Enjoy competitive pay and a family working environment where they've been keeping cars on the road since 1954. Call 352-372-0372. That's 372-0372 now or at ChuckBushAutoRepair.com. The Social at Midtown is Gainesville's favorite restaurant and rooftop bar and is located right across from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The Social has 60 huge flat screen TVs, so you won't miss one second of the action. And every night, they have different specials. But you don't need to wait for nighttime to head to The Social. They open for lunch at 11 o'clock. Check out their delicious menu at thesocialgnv.com and follow them on social media to see the latest specials. Come get Social at The Social at Midtown. WRUF Radio App, your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF Radio App. This last half hour or so of the show, I understand where we are. Right. Greg Sankey is still speaking, by the way, at SEC Media Days. It's being held in Nashville. And this, I think, is where it gets very interesting to me. Because Gator fans, some, not all, some, maybe a vocal minority, were not happy with year one for Billy Napier. Understand. A lot of the prognosticators don't think year two is going to be all that great either. But success 
or failure is relative to where you are. Let's take Vanderbilt. Okay? Clark Lee hired December of 2020. So two and a half years ago. What's he done? He went to school at Vanderbilt, first of all. 2021, the Commodores snapped an 11-game losing streak, a 10-game losing streak in road games. And in 2022, some non-conference victories and the program's first SEC win since 2019 and its first win over Florida since 2013. They were 5-7 and seven last year. Vanderbilt is 7-17 seven and 17 under Clark Lee. 7-17. Seven and 17. Guess what? He just got a new contract. 7-17. Seven and 17, A contract extension. Details not released. <clears throat> the Tennessean newspaper reporting... He earned $3 million in 2021. The extension carries him through the 2029 season. A coach got a contract extension with a losing record. Perspective, folks. Perspective. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Um Definitely on the running backs. My favorite was uh, John L. Williams in the day. Uh, I thought he was the best on the team. Uh, I remember when um, the starter went down and John L. started, you know, John L. was always played fullback. And when he played the starting running back, when Neil got hurt, he got 200 plus yards. And I was maybe 12 you know, at the time, and I thought, why is it this guy the starting the, the starting running back and not fullback? Um, but uh, um, also another question on the, uh, the the Tennessee the punishment that they got. How does the five year twenty eight scholarship? How, how does that work? So at the end of five years, they instead of having eighty five scholarships, they have eighty five minus twenty eight scholarships allowed. I don't know how that works exactly. I can read you the wording of it um, because they did it, I think, uh, purposely to make it to where it wouldn't be like a one- or a two-year blast. So I think it's over time. Does that make sense? but does... Yeah, it does, but that's what I'm worried about. So, let's say it's 28 it scholarships over five years. So, can you make? So, let's say you cut out five this year. You do 20. You're allowed 25. You do 20. Well, next year, can you try to fill those five from this year? But then, you know what I mean? It's like, can you play with the system and end up not really losing that many scholarships? No, you have to. You will lose 28 scholarships. So they will asking. be down 28 scholarships at the end of five years, meaning they'll have 
50-something scholarships after five years. The way, that I, the way I understand it and the way I read it, Wow. They're going to I lose mean, 28 scholarships over five years with at least two lost I mean, each season. Yeah. Anybody that thinks you can put together a, a great roster with that many lost scholarships, you know, I think that's a huge hit if it is like that. Um, well, but, that's but, how but, it here, is. but here's what's missing, and I think I'm right in this. You're going to lose that 28, right? But they mm-hmm. already reduced it by 16 because they Tennessee did that self-imposed they that's one of the reasons why the punishment from the SE uh, from the NCAA wasn't as severe because they self-imposed yeah. sanctions so now because of that remember 28 over 5 they've already reduced it by 16 over the first two years they did that already they did it so if my okay. math is right, they're going to only have 12 total scholarships short over the next, I think, three years. So okay. the vast majority of this has been already done. Did they, remind me, did they sit out a bowl game on their own? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. All right, well, thanks. Good show, Steve. Take okay. care. Thank you. And again, correct me on that if I'm wrong. But that's why I think some people and others have emailed this today, thought that Tennessee got off lightly. Well, let me throw this out at you. If you're in the judicial system, and this is way above my pay grade, right? But if you negotiate, if you talk to the prosecutor, you're going to get perhaps a lighter sentence or lighter fine or lighter penalty. Well, that's what Tennessee did by self-imposing and doing it with 16 scholarships over two years. That certainly mitigated things. Um, Bruce would put Nat Moore in the running back category. Um, very good when he was here. I had a Nat Moore jersey. No doubt about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, that Tennessee was very smart in what it did. I'm sure they negotiated with the NCAA in this. Again, when you reduce the scholarships by 16 over the first two seasons, they self-imposed that. Well, 28 minus 16 is 12. So now, because it's five years, they only lose three scholarships. I'm sorry, 12 scholarships over the next three years. Pretty good. 129. Oh, by the way, they also lose uh, 36 official visits and at least four per season. They have to select 10 regular season games where they cannot host official visits. I'm looking into the actual thing here now as I'm reading it, including four SEC games. So think about that. You want to host recruits during SEC games, right? Well, some of them are not going to be able to. Unofficial visits reduced for 40 weeks over the next five years, and the staff will lose 28 total weeks of in-person evaluation and 
recruiting communication, but once again, they previously self-imposed several penalties to offset this. I go back to what the NCAA said. Tennessee was not hit harder because of their, quote, exemplary cooperation. 130, time check brought to you by Hayes Joey, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Cloaked in orange and blue and fortified on the campus of the University of Florida, you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hey, Steve Russell here. I want to tell you about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by donated cars, trucks, boats, RVs, or any vehicle. Donations are tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping these boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and reselling them. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. They need your help. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and learn more. We know that we can depend on Gator Nation to step up when you're needed. The Roadheaver Boys Ranch has been helping at-risk young boys from troubled homes for over 70 years, and they need your help now more than ever. So please consider donating your car, truck, boat, RV, or any vehicle to help these boys. They learn real-life skills by repairing them and reselling them to sustain the facility. Donations are tax-deductible. Cash donations accepted also. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Thanks again. Total control. We'd all love that, wouldn't we? You can have total control of your home environment with help from Electronics World. Let the pros at EW install a system to control your audio, video, lights, locks, thermostats, custom shades, garage door, and more. Plus, monitor your surveillance cameras with just one app. Now that's total control. Electronics World. Visit our showroom in Gainesville or online at electronicsworld.net. Spilled your drink? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. So, you can get back to your night. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Clouds and sun into the afternoon. Highs in the low 90s. Feels like temperatures in the lower 100s. Isolated early to mid-afternoon thunderstorms. A second batch of storms is expected to develop during the evening along the I-10 corridor. That batch should push southward through Alachua and Marion counties during the mid to late evening. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. of summer continue to bark. But don't worry, we're about to throw you another bone. The Rays continue their blistering summer heat wave and we want you to experience it in person. Saturday, July 22nd, the Rays host the Orioles and we want to send you. Just log on to WRUF.com and click on Contests. There you'll find the Rays Summer Heat Wave. Just fill out the form and you'll be in the running to win a pair of tickets to see the Rays host the Orioles on Saturday, July 22nd. And we thank you for listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, your home for Rays baseball. 
We are your home for Tampa Bay Rays baseball. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world with the WRUF radio app. This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Final half hour of the show today. The SEC Commissioner, Greg Sankey, is done speaking. And as we speak, the first speaker of a coach is Brian Kelly of LSU. Uh, He will speak now. And then uh, Jimbo Fisher goes at 245. And then Eli Drinkwitz goes at 345. So that is the day today. Again, Billy Napier will go on uh, Wednesday. And Billy is scheduled to speak at 2 p.m. Wednesday. There's four teams that day. It's Saban, Pittman, Napier, and Stoops. So there you go. All right, our final half hour, 392-8255. Email srussell at WRUF.com. Joe says about the 84 and 85 teams agree about the talent being great. But you mentioned Crawford Kerr. Yeah, I did. One of my favorite offensive linemen to play for the Gators. Yeah, I mentioned him as part of the uh, guys from those two teams that all went on to play in some way, shape, or form um, in the NFL. A lot of guys on that team uh, certainly uh, making it. Um, by the way, in case you missed it, the SEC Network, if you we could follow it online or whatever, but they're going to have 47 hours of programming from the SEC, from uh, SEC Media Days. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, John says, "Good questions today. If in another universe you were a GM of an F- of an NFL team." Oh, my God. And select one player from the history of UF football to play on your team, assuming you need all positions, who would your choice be? My guess for you would be Wilbur Marshall. His guess is Emmett Smith. Wow. Well, I guess, John, good question. I'll throw it out there for anybody else. But I guess you're asking that knowing what they did, right? For example, I mean, Danny Warfel won a Heisman Trophy. So did Steve, but they weren't great in the NFL. So if you're just saying one player from UF football Given what we know now, is that what you're saying, John? Then I could understand Emmett Smith. And it also, I think, depends on what side of the ball you want to build. How about Jack Youngblood? That guy played for a long time and played at a high level for a long time. What do you want to build your team around? 
Lomas Brown played in the NFL for 20 years. How'd you like to have an offensive lineman play for 20 years and not have to worry about it? So, yeah. But those, I think those guys would be in the top four. Why not? I mean, Youngblood's a Hall of Famer. Smith's a Hall of Famer. I get it. I guess the other question would be maybe at what position? Because Emmett Smith certainly would be the choice at running back. I think Lomas Brown would be my choice as an offensive lineman. But what about a defensive back? Anybody stick out? You know, DBU here? Good question. Uh, Rich emails. He, could, he has a uh, he actually somebody. This is this is what bothers me a little bit. Do we not have MLB fans listening? I think the question about whether or not to trade Otani is a big one. And he's the first one, Rich. He says, I'm a big baseball guy. And I get that you don't want to trade him. But I would wait as long as possible to see if my team would be in playoff contention. And then if I felt they weren't, I would trade him. If I felt they were, I would keep him. And I know I'm rolling the dice because there'd be no guarantee he would re-sign as a free agent. But that's what I would do. What would you do? What would you do? 392-8255. Email srussell at wruf.com. Tried to uh, email to get on the show former Gator assistant coaches or head coaches that are currently coaching elsewhere to get you caught up with them. And the people we have reached out to include Jim McElwain, Scott Leffler, Mike Loxley, Stan Drayton. Those are the ones I could find, top of my head, that had been Gator assistants or a head coach and was coaching as a head coach elsewhere. Stan Drayton will join us Thursday. Hopefully, we get the others. And I'm also trying to get a, a, some time with Terry Bowden. Terry Bowden and I have a unique relationship. When Terry left coaching, he was in the media for a while, and I got to know him going to SEC media days, by the way. Um, well, he's still coaching. So, hopefully, we can get him on. We will see. Wes says, you have a, uh, that's a long email here. He basically says, uh, he asked me what my prediction is for Gator football. It, it's very hard for me to, in July to look and say, well, going to lose to Utah, 
going to beat Missouri because you just don't know. I've said this in general. I think Florida's got a chance at the top end, West, to win eight or nine games. At the bottom end, six. Six. There's a lot of – almost everybody's schedule has swing games. And Florida has a lot of swing games. Uh, Email here, Braves went cold this weekend, lost a series to the White Sox. And? Okay. Over the course of 162 games, even the best team doesn't do well sometimes. Before that, they were as hot as you could get. The Braves, in my opinion, have the best team in baseball. And it will show at the end of the year. They're really good. And there are some teams now, the Diamondbacks come to mind, that are sort of falling back to earth a little bit. But how about the Orioles? How about them? Brady Singer got a win yesterday, beat the Rays. But he's on a – that Royals team is a really, really bad team. And he's uh, 6-8 and for that team. Not real good. Steven says, Texas leads Houston by three games today. I predict Houston wins the division. What's your gut feeling? A lot of it, when it comes to this, Steven, is schedule-driven. Okay? I give Bruce Bochy a lot of credit because they're doing this without Jacob deGrom. Think of that. Imagine if he was healthy, where they would be. So give him that. Um, Houston's been kind of up and down. They've had some injuries. But of late, the, the schedule helps them. I think they, they begin a stretch of games here where they're, they're playing teams that they should beat. Example, Rockies and A's. That's their two next series. So they could certainly make some hay. Texas, um, I don't know their schedule, but I keep waiting for them to fall, and they don't. So I'm going to go with Texas. I'm going to go with Texas. Houston has some pitching concerns. I think they'll be a wild card team. And the other thing is, what happens at the trade deadline? Because you can bet, for example, USA Today is reporting um, the Astros have asked about Cody Bellinger from the Cubs and Marcus Stroman for the stretch run because they lost Garcia and McCullers to injury. The Astros now, I believe, are in the third wild card spot, but they've got needs. 145 time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. One final segment left today. We hopefully will get a call or two to end the show. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now. 
on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Max Bernstein. The Tampa Bay Rays will look to keep their spot atop the AL East as they head to Texas for a three-game series with the AL West-leading Rangers. Tune in right here tonight at 7.30 for coverage. SEC Media Days kick off today in Nashville with the Florida Gators and head coach Billy Napier scheduled to speak on Wednesday. And in the world of soccer, Mexico captured the record ninth Gold Cup victory last night against Panama behind an 88-minute strike, which was the game's lone goal. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Max Bernstein. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Chronic joint pain has a snowball effect. It's not just the pain. What that did is just make me depressed that I couldn't get back into the gym. And I was inactive, gaining weight. I had to find another alternative. And for Chad, that alternative was QC Kinetics and the non-surgical natural biologic treatments that can give lasting relief to aching hips, shoulders, knees, and backs. Once they explained it, it made sense. Putting what we have inside our body back into us in a certain strategic way to heal up in a natural process was fantastic. QC Kinetics treatments take place right in the office. No downtime, no surgery. And as for the outcome? I'm just back to bouncing around, having fun, doing my work, living pain-free. Don't let chronic joint pain rob you of your quality of life. Discover advanced regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics. Call now to learn more. It's a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. It's the first day of the first grade And she found a new best friend It's a laid-back Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The homemade taste of Bluebell And good friends gathered round The good old days are being made right There's no hiding from Bluebell Monster Cookie Dough Ice Cream. Creamy vanilla ice cream, peanut butter monster cookie dough, brown sugar, candy-coated chocolate, and dark chocolate flavor chunks. A taste so good, you'll need a bigger bowl. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. This summer, try some eco-friendly water sports like paddle boarding, swimming, or diving. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver, weekdays at 2, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is Gators head baseball coach Kevin O'Sullivan, and you are listening to Sports Team with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Long season for him. I'm sure you've seen the Gators get another catcher from Virginia Tech in the transfer portal. Tyler Nesbitt off to UCF in the portal. Derek Fabian off to Auburn in the portal. 3928255. Let's get to Ron's call. Hi, Ron. 
Yeah, hey, uh, anybody mentioned Larry Smith back in the day? Yeah, somebody also mentioned him, yep. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty good. He was he he wasn't the first the first first round pick, but he he went in the first round. And we were I, I remember thinking, my goodness, we haven't had one of those in a long time and he was it was great for him. Yeah. Yeah. How he, about Jesse Palmer? Did anybody mention him? No. Uh you stole my thunder in this last segment here. I just love Jesse Palmer when he plays. Cuz I mean, he didn't, you know, he wasn't the full-time starter. Yeah. Uh, for a while, and uh, obviously he's done very well for himself, you know, post football. But yeah. he gets a little overlooked too, because he wasn't, you know, the full time guy all the time. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, okay. Dave. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. That's a good choice. He was he was a guy I was going to mention. Um. All right. I got a couple of more uh, emails here, but certainly uh, still time for calls. Um, great trivia question, okay? I would not have gotten this. I'm going to throw it out and see if you can answer it, okay? All the years that I went to SEC uh, media days, we in the media were always asked uh, to vote uh, on preseason teams, who would be the projected champion in the SEC? This is really interesting to me. Since 2010, only two schools have been picked to win the SEC besides Alabama. Think of that. Since 2010, only two schools, this is by the media, by the way, have been picked to win the SEC other than Alabama. Who are the two schools and what years? I actually got one of them. I did not get the other one at all. You want to guess? Call me up. You want to e guess? Email me. Fascinating. Because, again, 2008 and 2009, it was Florida. And then Alabama was picked in 2010. Very interesting. And in that year, 2010, Alabama, fourth in the West. So, what were the two schools and the year? If you want to guess. Uh, okay, a couple of quick emails here. Bill says 2017, 2011. Nope. Nope. Alabama was picked. This is by the media now who are there. Okay. Anybody else want to give it a shot before I do it? The one I got was LSU. In 2012, LSU was picked to win it. They ended up second in the West, tied for second. The other year Alabama was not picked was 2015. 
Auburn was picked, they finished seventh in the West. By far the worst pick of the media. And funny, Alabama, I I would be stunned if Georgia isn't picked to win the SEC. But they weren't picked in 2022. They weren't picked in 2021. Again, the last team to be picked to win other than Alabama was eight years ago. And think of what happened. In 16, Alabama picked. They won the SEC title game. In 2017, they tied for first in the West. 2018, they won the SEC championship game. 2019, second in the West. 2020 and 2021 won the SEC title game last year, tied for first in the West, but obviously didn't go. Yeah, that's that's how dominant uh, Alabama has been in terms of media picking them to win. Yeah, pretty extraordinary. All right, I saved two emails because we're at that time. Brian Kelly still uh, is talking here, uh, and later on it'll be Jimbo Fisher up there. I think, maybe we can throw this out tomorrow, because Lord knows we'll need something to talk about. If there's a coach on the hot seat in the SEC, it's Jimbo Fisher. I don't know of any other coach that is on the hot seat. I mean, maybe Drinkwitz, maybe. He'd be 1A, maybe, or 2. But after that, just don't don't see that. All right, last two emails of the day. One is baseball. One is college football. I'll do the college football one first. Frank says, Steve, do you consider yourself an optimist or a pessimist? And I'll tell you why I ask. I'm probably an optimist in most cases. He said, the reason I ask is, doesn't that sort of cloud sometimes what people think in terms of what a team is going to do wins and losses-wise? Well, a lot of things cloud it. I mean, if you're an optimist, I'll give you an example. The Jets are going to be on hard knocks here. And I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. If a team isn't any good, they're not good. Sometimes they'll exceed expectations, but, you know, I don't know. I just don't think that has much to do with it. I mean, sometimes people do look at things pessimistically as opposed to optimistically. I think the best way is realistically. Um, I lost my other email. I must have deleted it. See? Trying to wrap up the show here. LSU's projected to win nine. How do you win 9.6 games? That's what they're projecting. 9.6. Can't they just say either 9 or 10? You don't win a .6 game, at least not that I'm aware of. But 
I guess that's the way they do it. Certainly the hire of Brian Kelly at LSU has paid instant, instant dividends. Instant. And I've always, you know, Kelly sometimes can be a little abrasive and, you know, the way he ran out on Notre Dame was kind of cheesy. But he did have the stones to say, I went to the SEC and I went to LSU because that gave me the best chance to win a national championship. Says a lot about his thinking. I think that resonates with recruits. And look, you, if you want to call that egotistical, you can, but in, in this league, if you can navigate through it, just ask Georgia. It gives you a great chance to win a national championship. Our thanks today to Phil Steele. Came on, talked about his magazine, which is now available only in a couple of places, but you can certainly get it online as well. It's, it's really, I, and again, I have no monetary stake in the magazine. It's really good. I mean, if you want, if you're a numbers person and you crunch those, he has all you could ever ask for. Thanks to Ailey for producing today. We thank you for listening. Don't forget the rest of the week. Shows tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, and then off for a few days. See you tomorrow. I'm Steve Russell, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.